Hi friends, Sadie Mizemi. You're listening to Catch Me in the Kitchen Audio Snacks, bite-sized stories and music. I'm your host, Professor Pineapple, Professor Anina. Aujourd'hui, today, we're joined by puppeteer voice actor Ingrid Hansen, who will tell East of the Sun and West of the Moon. Salut Ingrid, thanks for joining us. What inspired you to reimagine this Norwegian folktale? Well, my family's Danish, and Denmark and Norway actually used to all be the same kingdom many, many years ago. And um, this Norwegian folktale is one that we had on a cassette tape. Uh, we used to listen to it in the car on long, long car rides when I was a little kid. So it was always one of my favorites because we would, we would listen to it as you watch the woods pass you by driving through British Columbia and I would imagine all the characters, yeah. I always loved, too, the, the journey story and I loved that, um, that it was a shiro, a uh, heroine. Nice. On y va. East of the sun and west of the moon. À l'est du soleil et à l'ouest de la lune. Once upon a time, there was a poor farmer who had many children and little to give them in the way of either food or clothing. One evening, the farmer and his children had just finished their meager meal of boiled potatoes. Gita, the eldest daughter, noticed her younger siblings looking sadly at their now-empty dinner plates. So she got up and she started doing a silly dance to distract them from their hungry bellies. Gita's silly dances could always make even the crustiest person laugh. When suddenly, someone rapped three times against the window pane. Bang, bang, bang! The farmer went out to see what could be the matter, and when he got out there, there stood a great white bear. Bonsoir, said Louis Blanc, the white bear. Good evening, said the farmer. Je voudrais parler. Um, I would like to speak with your eldest daughter, said Louis Blanc. Gita stepped forward. Oh, um, hello. Um, if you come with me and live with me as my friend in my castle, your family shall be as rich as you are now poor. So, like, like really rich. Gita looked around at her siblings, who... With so little to eat, they were chewing on dandelions for dessert. I'll do it, she said, without a second thought. The family said their tearful farewells, and she seated herself on the bear's back with her little bundle of rags, for it was all she had to take with her, and the great white bear lumbered off into the dark and stormy woods. Lure Blanc said, Avez-vous peur? No, je n'ai pas peur, said Gita. I'm not afraid. Well, uh, uh, well, keep tight hold of my fur and then there is no danger, said the white bear, Lua Blanc. And thus she rode far, far away until they came to Une Montagne, a mountain. Then Lua Blanc knocked on La Montagne with his paw. Bang, bang, bang! And a door opened and they went inside a great castle hidden inside the mountain. Le Blanc gave her a tiny silver bell and told her that well, if you need anything, just 
Ring this bell, and whatever you want will appear. Okay. Her belly still gnawed with hunger, so she rang the bell, and a table appeared, set with a feast. She ate chicken and potatoes and pie, and after she'd eaten, she felt sleepy. She reached out to ring the bell, and she had barely touched it when she found herself in a bedchamber with a big fluffy bed that stood ready for her to sleep. Gita got up in the middle of that night to use the chamber potty and walked past the bear's room. And she saw that his door is open. So she peeked inside and saw slumbering in the bed, not a bear, but a human man. And somehow, somehow she knew that the sleeping man was Le Blanc, the white bear. But how is this possible? She never got to speak to the man, however, because he always transformed into a man after she went to bed at night and turned back into a bear before the daylight appeared. And whenever she tried to ask the bear about it, he got all weird and changed the subject or suddenly ran out of the room and said, uh, I have to go brush my fur. Okay, bye. But otherwise, life in the castle was quite pleasant, and Gita received letters from her family saying how grateful they were to now have a nice house to live in and plenty to eat, thanks to the magic of Le Blanc. That night, when Gita got up to use the chamber potty, she passed the door to the bear's room and peeked inside and saw the sleeping human man. Intensely curious, she pulled a candle off the bracket on the wall and tiptoed into the bear's room. The sleeping man was about her age, and handsome too, almost annoyingly handsome. She leaned over the bed with the candle to get a closer look at him, and three drops of candle wax fell onto the sleeping man's shirt. He awoke, grabbed her hand, and sat upright in the bed, a stunned look in his eyes. What have you done? said the man. If you had just waited one year, I would have been free of this curse. Je suis désolée, said Gita. I'm sorry too. I wasn't allowed to tell you. A troll queen bewitched me so that I am Lure Blanc, the white bear, by day, and a man by night. But now I must leave you and go to her. The troll queen lives in a castle which lies à l'est du soleil et à l'ouest de la lune. À l'est du soleil et à l'ouest de la lune, east of the sun and west of the moon. And there too is a troll princess with a nose which is three smells long, and she now is the one whom I must marry. Well, I'll go with you, said Gita. You cannot, said the bear slash man. Tell me the way then, and I will find you. The troll queen lives à l'est du soleil et à l'ouest de la lune east of the sun and west of the moon. But never would you find your way there, never! East of the sun and west of... What? When Gita awoke in the morning, both the man slash bear and the castle were gone, and she was lying on a small green patch in the middle of a dark, thick wood. By her side lay the same bundle of rags which she had brought with her from her own home. So she rubbed the sleep out of her eyes, picked a direction at random, and set off walking. I'll find my way there, even if it takes my whole life. Now, here we go. East of the... East of the sun, and west of the... Something. She walked and walked through thorns and brambles and dust. 
until at last she came to a huge mountain, une montagne formidable. Outside it, an elderly woman was sitting, juggling three golden apples. Gita asked her, um, Do you know the way to the castle, which lies east of the sun and west of the... West of the... West of the moon, said the old woman. How do you happen to know about that place? Well, anyways, you'll be a long time getting to it, if ever you get to it at all. <laughs> but you may borrow my horse, and you can ride to my nearest neighbor, the east wind. Yeah, and when you get there, you, all you must do is just pat the horse beneath their left ear and bid it to come home again, okay? And it'll come home. Oh, and here, take these. Take these three golden apples with you, okay? Yeah, you, you never know when they might come in handy. Good luck! <laughs> so Gita tied up the three golden apples safely in her bundle of rags, seated herself on the woman's horse, and rode for a long, long way, until at last she came to the next montagne, where the east wind lived. So Gita patted the horse under the left ear, and the horse trotted off home. Gita asked the east wind, could you tell me the way to the troll queen who lives east of the sun and west of the moon? A l'est du soleil est à l'ouest de la lune. I've never blown as far as that, said the east wind. Je n'ai jamais soufflé aussi loin que ça. But if you like, I'll carry you. I'll carry you. I'll carry you to my brother, the west wind. He may know. He's much stronger than I am, so let's go. We'll, we'll ask him. So Gita seated herself on the east wind's back, and they took off into the sky. When they got there, they asked the west wind if he knew where about this castle was. Oh, oh no, 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 said the west wind. No, je n'ai jamais soufflé aussi loin que ça. I've never blown as far as that, no. Uh... Oh, but if you like, I, I, I'll go with you to the south wind, for, you know, she's much stronger than either of us. She's roamed far and wide, you know, perhaps she knows. You may seat yourself on my back, and, and I'll carry you to her. Yeah, let's go. So, Gita climbed on the back of the west wind, and they flew off to the south. When they got there, Gita asked the south wind, Could you tell me the way to the castle that lies à l'est du soleil? Et à l'ouest de la lune? Oh, indeed, said the south wind. Yes, I... Oh, oh, wait. Ah. Uh, oh, wait, no, 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 no. I've never been there. No. <laughs> Sorry. Ah, I thought you said... Anyways, doesn't matter. Okay. Oh, but you know what? If you like, I can take you to our brother, the north wind. He's the oldest and the strongest of all of us. You know, if he doesn't know where, where it is, and no one in the whole world is going to be able to tell you that. <laughs> you know, but I do warn you, you know, the north wind, he's kind of a grump. Just, just so you know, it's not, it's not you. It's just, it's just him. It's just how he is, you know. So Gita seated herself on the south wind's back, and they flew off into the sky. When they came near the north wind's montagne, he was so wild and frantic that they felt the cold gusts of wind a long while before they even got there. What do you want? The north wind roared from afar, and they froze as they heard. Gita could feel the ice crystals forming inside her nose. 
The south wind called out to him. Hey, brother, chill out, hey. <laughs> get it? Get it? Chill? Chill? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Come on, hon. It's just me. It's me and a human girl seeking the castle that lies east of the sun and west of the moon. Oh, said the north wind. I know it. <laughs> I once blew an aspen leaf there, which is pretty cool. <laughs> I know, but... Oh, man, I was so tired. For many days afterwards, I was not able to gust at all. However, if you really need to get there, I'll do it. I'll take you there, human girl. Hmm. Are you, uh... <coughs> Avez-vous have, have peur? Je n'ai pas peur. I'm not afraid. No matter how fast you fly said Gita. <laughs> you will be. I'm pretty fast. Just you wait. <laughs> said the north wind. Gita got on his back and he puffed himself up and off they flew. Down below them, they left behind them such a storm. A trail of pointy icicles shot out behind them and they tore on across the sea until at last the north wind grew so weary that he sank lower and lower, until at last he went so low that the salt waves of the ocean were dashing against Gita's toes. Hurry, vous, said the north wind. Je n'ai pas peur, said Gita. I'm not afraid. And it was true. But they were not very, very far from land, and there was just enough strength left in the north wind to enable him to throw her onto the shore, right under the window of a castle which lay east of the sun and west of the moon. Gita sat down beneath the castle walls to play with the golden apple, and the first person she saw was the troll maiden with the long nose, who was set to marry the human prince. How much do you want for that gold apple of yours, girl? Said the troll princess, opening the window of the castle. It cannot be bought for either gold or money, Gita answered. Mm, if it cannot be bought for either gold or money, what will buy it? The troll princess stood impatiently tapping her foot, her face snarled up in a bratty pout. Clearly, she had no sense of humor. Well, if I may go to the prince who is here and visit him tonight, then you shall have the apple, said Gita. Mm, you may do that, said the troll princess with a cunning smile. So Gita gave the troll princess the golden apple. But when Gita went to the prince's prison cell that night, he was asleep. She called to him and shook him and wept and screamed, but she could not wake him. As soon as the day dawned, in came the troll princess with the long nose. All right, out, out. Time's up, human girl. Gita sat down once more beneath the windows of the castle and began to fiddle with her second golden apple. The princess asked her what she wanted for the apple, and she exchanged it for a chance to visit the prince again that night. But when she went up to the prince's room, he was again fast asleep. She tried tickling him and shouting at him and holding him upside down by his toes, but still he would not wake. 
When daylight came, the princess with the long nose came too, and once more drove Gita away. Gita seated herself under the castle windows, tossing about her last golden apple. And the princess with the long nose wanted to have that apple too. Gita said it was not for sale, for either gold nor money. But if she could visit the prince? Yeah, yeah, same thing, said the troll princess. But in the prison cell next door to where the prince was held, old man Fleming was locked up. He was locked up for having teeth that were so shiny it displeased the troll queen. And old man Fleming had been in the neighboring cell for the past two nights, and he heard how some some girl had been there and had wept and shouted. So old man Fleming told the prince about all of this through his prison bars. So that evening, when the troll princess came once more with his goodnight tea, the prince only pretended to drink, but threw the tea away behind him because he suspected that it was a sleeping drink. Gita stepped into the prince's room and was surprised to find him awake. You have come just in time, said the prince, for I should have been married tomorrow, and you alone can save me. Tomorrow I shall ask the queen for a bridal task of bravery. It's a custom at troll weddings. What are you good at? I mean, uh, what, what are you better at than a troll? Uh, archery? Weaving? Stomping? I'm pretty good at all of those things, said Gita. But so are trolls. Mm, darn it, you're right, said the prince. Ah, uh, but there is one thing. They hatched a plan, and the next morning at the wedding, the prince stood up and announced to the crowd, I call for a bridal task of bravery. That you may do, said the troll queen. It is within troll customs. I have vowed to marry no one but the woman who is able to do this task. If she cannot do that, then we are not meant to be married. Well, what, whatever is it, said the queen. The task is to dance a dance that makes everyone laugh. The princess with the long nose sulked. Clearly she had no sense of humor or play or fun. I have to do what? said the troll princess. Dance a dance that makes everyone laugh, apparently, said the queen. The troll princess rolled her eyes and slumped out of her seat and stomped about. She tried to dance, but it wasn't very funny. The crowd shuffled awkwardly. Fine, I'll do it said the troll queen. But the queen's dance was angry, and perhaps a little bit intimidating, but not at all funny. Someone in the back of the courtyard coughed, but no one laughed. Gita crossed into the courtyard and pretended to trip, but then landed in a backward somersault and went into a silly dance. The crowd chuckled, and then snorted, and then roared with laughter. The human girl has done it! the bridal task of bravery. <laughs> she dances funny, <laughs> shouted the crowd. The old troll queen flew into such a rage that she swelled up like a balloon and burst. And the princess with the long nose whined and stomped away in her bridal gown. The prince and Gita set free old man Fleming and all of those who were imprisoned there. And they moved far, 
far away from the castle, which lay à l'est du soleil et à l'ouest de la lune, east of the sun and west of the moon. Merci, Ingrid. I liked your funny character voices. Thanks for having me on here, Professor. Friends, because this is an audio story, we don't know exactly how the characters look. We'd love to see how you see them in your mind. If you'd like to share a drawing inspired by today's story, you can do that through our website, catchmeinthekitchen.com, and I'll put it on the fridge online there. Hi, Berkin. Okay, here's today's joke. Why did the fisherman put the peanut butter into the sea? Why? To go with the jellyfish. Merci. That's it for this audio snack. Thanks to Ingrid for East of the Sun and West of the Moon. Today's episode illustration was done by yours truly, me. Thank you, Mesa and me, for listening. If you have a riddle that you'd like us to feature on an audio snack, send us a message on our website, catchmeinthekitchen.com. Thank you to our creative team, Jeanette Moore, Steve Lafrenier, Liz Pouncet, Tim Freeman, the Pickle Peppers, Red Velvet Revolution, and Berkin. Au revoir. Bye.